What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. My sister recently got married, and with marriage, most of the time comes kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's not pregnant yet, but obviously she really wants kids. And I was just thinking if I really want kids because I was a terrible kid. My mom always told me if I was her first, I was her last. What? Because I was that bad. Really? Yeah. I feel bad for my parents, but I'll take care of them when... I'm rich and famous from this podcast. Perfect. But I would love to know if you guys have any troubling childhood past stories that you think were like pretty bad. Oh God. I I mean, I was pretty innocuous as a kid. The the only thing I could think of I did get in trouble for wrecking my mom's car when I was sixteen. I had only been driving for a couple months and I was leaving a friend's house, took my eyes off the road, hit a parked car. Oh, no. And then drove away. (laughs) And then I realized the car was broken beyond repair. I couldn't keep driving. And so I had to call my parents. And then when they arrived and they asked me what happened, I lied and said that someone had hit me and drove away. (laughs) And then I thought that that was going to be the end of that situation. until they called. don't you think that's the end of it, right? (laughs) I got away with it. I got away with it. Great. So they called the cops and filed a police report. And so then obviously they asked me. And so I just made up a bunch of BS that never happened. (laughs) And then once again was like, great, got away with it. And then like five days later, my dad picked me up from work. And I did not get away with it. It took very little investigation on their part to figure out the truth (laughs) about what had happened. And uh, yeah, that was that was awful. I was grounded for like the rest of the year and I could only drive to work and back and uh, school and back. And that was it. And uh, I don't think my parents ever really looked at me the same after that. They still haven't forgave you. (laughs) They haven't recovered. You're married with children. They're like, we don't forget. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I was like the model child, like my parents and like my aunts and uncles were like, why don't you be more like Alex? Because oh I didn't God. have any sort of issue. I, you know, Jesus was my homie. So I didn't like, <laughs> really have any sort of desire to do any like craziness. Um, the craziest thing I probably did was probably probably play um like concrete football or reenact uh, jackass stunts, like getting in. Shopping carts. They and being specifically road. tell you at the beginning of the show not to recreate. <laughs> that just makes you want to do it even more. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was this one time I, I was like nineteen. I think that's around the time I actually started becoming a jackass. Yeah, <laughs> we went to uh, my friends and I went to this house, um, and it was around Halloween. And you know, New England is big for like haunted houses and. Uh, like in asylums, like just haunted places. And there's this one house on Penny Lane, Penny Lane, Pennyway. Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like this really creepy story about this boy that died there. Mm. And it's this house on top of this hill on this road. And it was late and we all went over there and decided to trespass. Mm. And we went into the house and I'm over here like, oh, this is awesome. This is cool. Look at all the neat stuff. There's like furniture and stuff. And we go to the basement and I see this little toy chest. Nope. Don't open that. Nope. And I don't was like, that. 
I'd le- I'd, that's it. I left. I was like, <laughs> nope, it's over. I saw that. That's all I need. <laughs> left. At that point, your homie Jesus is like, you're on your own. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is like, no. well, this is your decision. No. <laughs> uh, you know, I... Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm running through my, my stories in my head and like, my, can't say that one. Um, <laughs> I got in trouble once for, um, playing checkers with a boy in a car and then the cops showed I up and told game. us to play checkers at home instead. <laughs> <laughs> and that if I didn't go home, they'd call my dad and say I was playing checkers in public. <laughs> I understand because it's kind of like uncomfortable. You have to put the board down. I mean, it would have made more sense for us to do it at an uncomfortable sofa table situation. No, but, yeah, yeah. you know, this moment for checkers strikes anytime, anywhere, Alex. When you got to play checkers. You got to play, play checkers, checkers when you're 16, whenever you, wherever you can. Um, oh I, I did have a lot of those moments where I would tell my mom, I'm spending the night at Heather's house. And then Heather would say, I'm spending the night at Shauna's house. Well, Heather and I were very stupid because our parents were neighbors. So <laughs> my dad went jogging one morning and went, oh, hi, Heather's mom. The girl's having a good time at the sleepover. And she's like, I thought they were having a sleepover at your house. <laughs> so Meanwhile, over it. Derek's house. It was Gregory's house. (laughs) I thought those kind of things only happen in movies. Like I've only seen that kind of stuff. It happened to me a lot. I walked (laughs) into Shana was like living the sisterhood of the traveling pants. I absolutely was. I walked into my parents' house in stumbling and putting pieces of gum into my mouth, and before I go in, they spraying myself with body. They won't smell herbs on me. And then my dad's just sitting there at like (laughs) the armchair and flicks on the light with like a glass of whiskey. You're home late. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Uh, hey, Dad. I was just playing. At least it was a glass of whiskey and not like a, a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, yeah, that was the abbreviated Shauna's in trouble situation. But I want to hear Nicole's. Uh, my birthday's in October. So it's during the school year. So in first grade, my parents told me, no, you can't have a birthday party. I said, okay, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I got home one day from school. Sat at the kitchen table, took computer paper, cut it into little like four by four pieces, folded them in half, wrote Nicole's birthday party. Oh my God. This is my address, wrote my address, said, party starts after you're done with your homework. So at least I told them. <laughs> Whatever time you're being very responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. My mom was like, well, at least you told them to do their homework. But <laughs> So I handed them out at school. The day of, or the day before, I don't know which one, my mom gets a phone call from one of my best friends at the time's mom and was like, Hey, like, my daughter just came home with this invitation. It doesn't look very legit. Did you know about it? It's all written in crayon. (laughs) It was. I think it was, like, blue or green crayon. And my mom was like, um, no. And so my other best friend lived literally a few houses away from me. So my mom called that mom and was like, hey, did you get an invitation, too? She's like, yeah. My mom was like, okay, I'm going to walk down and come see what this invitation looks like. My mom sees it. She's like, oh, my God. Suddenly Please half tell- the school is at your house. Yeah, no, literally. And my mom was like, you're lucky we didn't tell them all to just go home or to take their presents back. So my mom literally had to go the day of this Aww. so-called birthday party. Go grab goodie bags. So she, you had the birthday party. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course so your mom is a rock star. <laughs> that's right. awesome. Had pizzas. Everyone came over, stayed for probably like an hour or two hours. We had a great time. We love you, Mom. That's so nice. Yeah, that's so, cool. I mean... Being the youngest child, I will say I was spoiled and pretty much always got my way, but that was... And it all started with that. You're like, if I can do that, I can do anything. Exactly. (laughs) And now she's a hardened criminal. (laughs) 
coming in hot from Olympus Games in Mesa, Arizona. It's the Pop Culture Junkie Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pop Culture Junkie Podcast. We are your hosts here at the Olympus Games in Mesa, Arizona. And would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm Shauna. This is Alex. I'm Haley. And I'm Nicole. So it's been, I don't know, I feel like for me it's been a crazy week. I honestly have not been watching too, too much, but I did watch the new season of Dancing with the Stars, and let's just get right into the pop it or drop it. Yeah, okay, how was Dancing with the Stars? Because I, I was looking at the cast, and like half the people, I'm like, I don't even know who you are, it's a little generous calling you a star. I'm just rooting for Mel C., I, yeah, so Mel C, JoJo Siwa, obviously, like everyone knows. Either you know who she is or now you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Martin Cove from Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, oh, okay. which mm-hmm. is pretty cool because he's like 100 years old. Um, oh, that guy. Yeah, about yeah. a year sensei. Oh, cranky. Yes. So, but other than that, like I didn't know most of the other people. So, how was it? Is it worth tuning in? Like, if I haven't watched Dancing with the Stars, is this season worth checking out? I honestly really enjoyed it. I did not know, like you said, half the people, but once I actually saw their faces, like The Miz, he's a WWE wrestler. Uh, I kind of knew him from before, though, too, because he has his own show. Real World. Was he he really? Yeah, The Miz was on Real World New Orleans, I think, like way back in the early 2000s. He had like a reality show. He does. Yeah, it's on USA Network. So that's how I knew him, because I watched USA Network for like Chris Lee Knows Best and stuff, and their uh, previews would always come up. So I knew him. There was Suni Lee, who was the Olympic gymnast. You have Olivia Jade, who is Lori Loughlin's daughter, who was in that college admission scandal. Oh, my gosh. She's yeah. on it? Yes, yeah, she is. Wait, but I hate her. <laughs> but she's rich and Caucasian. Yeah. There you go. Jimmy she Allen, a who's a country singer who I knew beforehand. So, yeah, you have quite a bit of people, honestly, who I figured out who they were once I saw their faces. Okay. And I actually really enjoyed it. I thought... Pretty much every star did fantastic, uh, except for Martin Cove. Yeah, if I'm gonna be honest, he forgot the dance in the beginning, kind of just stood there, and I felt (laughs) terrible because he was so cute. And in the beginning, when he met his partner, he was like, "I'm gonna do so good at this. I want to dance." And he's like, "Losing's not for me." Blah blah blah. He's like like the grandpa of the show. Like you're rooting for him. I just just feel so bad for his partner because I'm like, they are literally just setting her up for failure right now because she's going to be the first one to go home. It's okay. She's like, less work, equal pay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I thought they all did very good. The highest score of the night was a 29 out of 40, and it was given to Jojo Siwa and her partner, Jenna Johnson. And... It was very, very cool to see two females dancing together, and they did absolutely fantastic. It makes and I, sense she would get the highest score because she's actually a trained right, dancer. Is that even dancer. fair? Yeah. 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 So, uh, no, it is because competition dance is way different than ballroom okay. dancing, yeah. in my opinion. Is it yes, only it's ballroom. Yeah. So I think that it is pretty fair that she's on it, but I could see her winning this whole thing already or just being in the top two. My favorite thing about JoJo Siwa, like, obviously, as a mom, my daughter is like way into her and. I love that she's, like, unproblematic and just, mm-hmm. like, positive all the time and always wants to just motivate kids to be themselves and blah, blah, blah. But I also love that, like, she has never turned her back on 
um, who she is. Yeah. Like, you yes. know, a lot of people grow up and then they're like, I have to distance myself from mm-hmm. this image. And she's like, I, I saw the picture of her costume and stuff for dancing. Yeah. She's like, all the glitter, all the yeah. rhinestones, like all the stuff that has made her who she is. She exactly. like still side pony. Yeah, yeah. she embraces that still. No, she didn't. She had like poofy hair, but it looks really cute. But also nice. going along that, especially with like social media nowadays and her age, people are always commenting like, why are you still acting like this when you were 19 years old or however old she is, I think she's like 18, 19. And she's still like, it's just who I am and I'm going to continue being this person because mm-hmm. that's who I want to be. I'm not going to change for you or someone yeah. else. And why Why are we like in society, why do we have a constant need to make 18-year-olds, 40-year-olds? Exactly. Like you're still 18. Yeah. Like be goofy. Especially young women. It's like the minute you turn 18, society expects to be able to sexualize you. Right. And if they can't, then they get angry. Mm-hmm. Why are you not presenting yourself in an outwardly sexual manner that, that I can appreciate it with my yeah. gaze? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not what people, especially young girls, exist for. Uh, yeah, oh. totally. Yeah. And rant. So it's like, stay pressed. Right. <laughs> like, she's like, I'll just keep cashing my checks from Walmart. Exactly. Thank you. And yes. she literally drives a Tesla with her face all over it. Yeah. Good for uh, her. I want to put my face all over my Tesla. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> my husband won't let me. What a jerk. <laughs> Um, I actually watched quite a few things this week. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on each of them because I feel like you guys have all seen them and I'm a little bit behind, but I, I watched Malignant and I feel like I'm in the minority here, but I freaking adored it. I thought it was campy. I thought it had a lot of nods to a lot of uh, horror tropes that kind of turned them on their heads, but then other horror tropes that like went as you expected. Um, this is streaming on HBO, right? Yes. Okay. Shout out to my best friend, Jessica, because, okay, I'm going to spoil this in three, two, one. Jessica and I used to be obsessed with parasitic twins in college. We just were super into researching them and like reading everything we could about parasitic twins. So when this movie started, I looked at my husband and I was like, freaking parasitic twin. And he already knew, so he just sat there with his mouth closed. And then when it was revealed, I jumped up and down around my living room. And I was like, Parasitic Twin! <laughs> it sounds like obvious. a band. <laughs> right? It's like, that sounds like a pretty sick metal band, actually. Parasitic Twin! <laughs> so I loved it. Um, I watched the new episode of What If with Killmonger. And y'all, I just can't with it. I don't, I don't know. This show is not doing it for me. You're talking about the whole show or just that episode? This entire show, I keep telling myself... It's Marvel. I'm obviously a huge Marvel stan. I'm going to be here for whatever they do. But I uh, I feel like the episodes are all just so rushed that I find myself looking at my husband halfway through and being like, wait a minute, why are they doing this again? Wait, why are they angry again? Like, and then he has to sit there and be like, okay, wait, yeah, they thought that they killed Tony, so he thinks he's out of mm-hmm. defense. I don't know. Everything feels very rushed. I never watched it because I never understood the point. I mean, cool. The concept is cool. What if? But like, what are we going to do with this afterwards? Exactly see, I, well, that see, too. I think, and, and the thing that keeps me tuning in is I do think that they're going to bring in some of these alternate characters and alternate timelines into the multiverse. Okay, so like, because right, I don't know, there's been rumors that like Captain Carter could be brought in in Multiverse of yeah. Madness or something like that. So part of me, I watch just so I'm in the know. Like mm-hmm. I'm one of those people where I hate like FOMO. So I'm like, I, I have say. to know what's going on. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I'm not like, it's not by any means one of my favorite things I've ever seen. But Exactly. I completely agree. I'm not going to stop watching it. Because I'm going to watch every Marvel property because I want to know what's going on. Yeah. And I feel like it has an ending problem. It's like the end of every episode. Is it an ending? Yeah. Yeah. It just leaves it open. 
Yeah, it it is weird. Like I thought that with the zombie episode, um, it sets up this whole like Thanos thing at the very end, and I'm like, what? Exactly. <laughs> like it's it always introduced some gasp at the end that is just never talked about ever again. Yeah. So I I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm gonna hot potato. What if watch it if you're obsessed with Marvel. Drop it if you have no interest in Marvel and just stay tuned for the next live action Marvel show. Um, I also, <laughs> congratulations are in order for Lil Nas X. <laughs> he finally gave birth to a bouncing baby Montero recently. Aww. And I love this album, you guys. Um, have any of you guys gotten the chance to listen to any of it? Yeah. Besides just the singles. Yeah, I've just listened to the singles. I would suggest giving it a listen. It's really different than you would expect. There's slow songs. There's fast songs. He sings. He raps. I mean, he's got Doja on there. He's got Miley Cyrus. Elton John plays the piano on one wow. of the songs. I actually was listening to him do an interview uh, last week. And yeah, they were just like listing all the different features. And he gets like very personal. Yeah. So he really opens up. Is this his first album? This is his first album. He released an EP called Seven, which is what had um, Panini and Old Town Road. So that wasn't, quote, a, like, album, but it was a good chunk of songs. And I really liked that EP. But this is his first, like, full-length album. I saw him post a TikTok that I liked a lot where it was, like, before fame. And it was a video he recorded in 2019. And he's like, I'm just going to eat some pizza. He sits down and he's like... Well, Old Town Road is is starting to do pretty well on YouTube, and I've got like, I think it was like ten thousand followers on Instagram, (laughs) and Spotify is like at like twenty thousand streams or something like that. And then he posted as he's talking in the video, he posts like the current numbers, yeah, Uh, Yeah. you know, the twenty million, uh, you know, followers on Spotify and all this crazy stuff. And uh, and at the end of the video, he's like, I'm going to follow up with you guys this, you know, this time next year and uh, and we'll see where those numbers are at. And I was like, man, talk about manifesting your future. <laughs> did. And you know what? You can tell he did not expect to become famous. That's he's why I really, like him a lot, because yeah. you can tell how genuine he is. And you just, it, 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 he's really cool. Yeah. I really liked Montero. I pop it. I suggest everybody give the entire album a listen. I'm always a fan of listening to the albums in the order that the track mm-hmm. list is because I feel like that's how the artist usually wants you yeah. to experience mm-hmm. it. And then finally, I won't spend too long on this one because we talked about it last week, Alex, but I finally have been watching Lucifer. I have one episode oh, left. One episode. I have cried. You pretty much finished this. So much in this freaking <laughs> season. Anytime Dan is on screen, I love I'm Dan. I love what they did with him. Me oh, too. Oh my God. Because at the end of the fifth season, you're like, What's going to happen? Yeah. And they still were able to incorporate him. As a cast member. Yeah. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. I loved it. I think my Google is spying on our podcast <laughs> because it has been recommending me Lucifer story after Lucifer thing. <laughs> and it, like every, it's all, are you watching Lucifer yet? I'm like, calm down. <laughs> but it had this one article pop up about Bones because Lucifer watches He's, Bones. That's his, his favorite big, TV show. And I was he like, talks about it all the time. <laughs> I'm like, Google, you son of a gun. You know how to get me. on some uh, CW DC show. Wasn't he on The Flash or something like that? Some kind of Tom Ellis? Yeah, wasn't oh, as cool. Lucifer. Yes, he was in one of those big crossovers where they bring basically every character who's ever been related to DC or the Arrowverse. He came on briefly and I think interacted with Constantine. Yeah, see, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I remember it. Yeah, I remember Thank you that. for triggering that memory for me. <laughs> but definitely going to pop Lucifer, especially if you've been a fan this whole time. And that is what I've been watching this week slash listening to. 
I have been watching this new show on Comedy Central, and it's hosted by Charlemagne the God, and it's called The God's Honest Truth. Ah. And it's it's pretty cool. I enjoyed it. I, I will definitely say that, you know, if you are one of those fragile white people out there, don't <laughs> watch this. Wait it you, at me, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> because you will get your feelings hurt. But um, I, I thought it was refreshing because you don't really see a lot of late, you know, talk show hosts who are black. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, a South African news pundit. I mean, Trevor Noah, I love him. I, I said I'd marry him last week. <laughs> and I'm blanking him. <laughs> yeah. But there isn't really, at least I don't think of many others. Yeah. And no, to talk about totally like, right. the, like the like the black, like the like African-American experience, I think is important. And I think this is show is kind of like a history lesson in a way. But. It's, you know, it's it's also executive produced by uh, Stephen Colbert, otherwise known as Stephen Colbert. Stephen Stephen Colbert. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's cool that he was like backing it. And the first episode uh, was called The Decrackification of the USA. And it talks about like the denazification in Germany. This is the video you posted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And like the crack, like crackdown or like of the 90s or 80s or whatever. The Well, the The term. The term cracker came, well, he's from what he was saying, came from this white writers back in the 1800s who would uh, reference crackers Ah. of actual people that would, you know, crack their whips on slaves. Ah. And so it then obviously now people would just use it in a way to identify like a cracker, like a cracker cracker being a cracker. Well, I don't know what that is, Alex. It's just, a, it's just an ignorant bigot, uh, you know, just... A white folk. Uh, a stupid white folk. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Like, when people would call me, like, cracker when I was a kid, I'd be like, like a, like a saltine cracker. I mean, basically, <laughs> That's what I, I would count it as, too, because <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a difference. Soft beige. I am tasty. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Uh, Amanda Seal was on there. Um, Chico Bean, they... Uh, you know, had Chico Bean go in and, and like expose white racists who were like selling the like Confederate flags. And you can see these oh, people's so feelings get that. like so torn <laughs> apart. But yeah, like I said, you know, if you are sensitive to this kind of stuff, I'd probably just, you know, keep your TV off. I'm going to watch this. I love watching racists get uncomfortable and called out. <laughs> yeah, Whew, I'm here for it. I would say that, you know, it definitely has. I think it's his first time doing a show like this. He's a radio personality. He's on The Breakfast Club. Yeah. He has a bunch of podcasts. He's a best-selling author. He has all these things, but I think this is like the first time he's had like the show. I, he was actually, he was on um, The Guy Code, so he's been on like MTV and stuff. Where can we watch it? Uh, Comedy time. Central. Oh, that's right. You already said that, but I'm thinking, my head has just been streaming networks now. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, cable? <laughs> you mean appointment television? How could I possibly remember a time? <laughs> uh, there's probably an app for that. Probably. <laughs> for sure. But uh, yeah. Pop. Uh, God's honest truth uh, for an honest black voice. Beware fragile white people. Um, <laughs> the other thing I watched was Candyman. Super excited about Candyman for the entire year. And I finally got a chance to watch it. It's in theaters right now. It's written by Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfield, and Nia DaCosta, who also directed it. Um, and if you remember a couple of few weeks ago, we talked about how Nia DaCosta broke records yeah. um, in the box office. And if you're not familiar with Candyman, the original film came out in the early 90s. And it's about this legend of this, this man who appears after you say his name five times in the mm. mirror and then like slaughters you with his hook. 
And it's, he doesn't give you candy. Why do we come up with this crap as a society? <laughs> like, why are we like, you know, what would be great to terrify little children Dude, with this story. But I did that crap as a kid. I would oh, no, stand I did in the too. mirror and be like, bloody Yeah, Mary. bloody Mary. Totally. <laughs> Light as a feather, me. stiff as a board. Yes. Like, why were we doing seances when we were like six? Save that for your 20s, Shauna. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the story and the concept, I love. Um, but I think into like the third part of the movie, like three fourths of the way, it just kind of got confusing mm-hmm. to me. But there were some parts that brought up like social injustices and and even just like the cycle of gentrification. So, you know, just like the social commentary kind of stuff within the the movie itself. Kind of the stuff we expect from Jordan Peele movies, yeah, honestly, much. that people like really like about them. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think the story and the concept are great, but the execution of it overall, I, I don't know. I kind of, I, I kind of like lost focus. I don't know if it was because I was holding a baby at the same time, but I just really, I felt like I missed things. Hmm. Uh, but even with that, I would say pop it, especially if you are a Candyman fan. And so, yeah, those are the two things that I watched this week. Awesome. All right. Uh, this week, I... I got to mention again, I'm, you know, I mentioned Brooklyn Nine-Nine had come back for its final season. Um, it was a shortened season, so they were putting two episodes on every week instead of one. I don't know why they decided to shorten it, but uh, the finale, the series finale, aired this last week. And series finales are always tricky because yeah. you're either going to love it or hate it. Like, it doesn't matter what the show is. I don't think there's a single show out there that has just a universal, um, like the whole fandom was happy with the finale. There's always going to be people that are upset. I'm going to pop Brooklyn Nine-Nine as a series, including the series finale. I think it ended in a way that was satisfying for the characters. I'm going to have spoilers for Brooklyn uh, Nine-Nine okay. in three, two. I'm going to take my headphones off. <laughs> One. So the whole concept of the finale episode is that Jake Peralta, the main character, is leaving the 9-9 and he is actually going to be a stay-at-home dad. And uh, because his wife has this amazing opportunity and so he decides that that's what he wants to do. And the title of the last episode is The Perfect Goodbye. So it's setting up uh, oh, that, that goodbye. And it's really heartfelt. There's a lot of moments that quite literally brought me to tears. Uh, it's also... Absolutely hilarious. There's another heist. Um, (laughs) All the previous characters come back. Gina comes back. um, So they bring in a bunch of people. It was just overall, I really, really liked it. There's going to be people that are like, oh, it was cheesy or, you know, it took the easy punches or whatever. But but I, I don't know. I liked it. I started watching a few episodes and I had to stop because I just don't want to have to deal with this goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, though. The, and I don't know. I felt like their journey as characters were true to them as people. And they also did a really good job handling, I think, anyway, the the state of policing in the world yeah. uh, right now and and doing that in a way that, you know, recognized what was going on. But while still recognizing that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is not the the outlet for that type of discussion yeah. necessarily, you know. So overall, I, I really, really liked it. And then the other show that I checked out this week is on Apple TV. I took your guys' advice. I finally got Apple TV. I got the free trial of Apple TV. <laughs> I, say, but I uh, decided to check out this show called Mythic Quest, which I think there, there's actually two seasons. So I just binge watched like the first six episodes of the first season. But it's got Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And it's co-created, I think, by him and Charlie Day, who's also from oh, cool. It's Always Sunny. And uh, it's also got... 
David Hornsby, who I call um, Mr. Emily Deschanel, because I only know him as Emily <laughs> Deschanel's husband. Danny Pudi, I think is how you say his last name. From Community, Uh-oh. Ovid. Yeah, from Community. I love Ovid. Yep. So the cast is pretty funny, and it, it follows this company, of this video game developer, essentially. And Mythic Quest is their video game. So I'd say check it out if you are a nerd, if you like video games, if you're a gamer, or if you like any of those guys. You know, if you like uh, that type of comedy. Um, Rob McElhenney plays just like a douchebag extraordinaire, <laughs> and he's so funny. Um, he fits into that role really well, <laughs> oddly enough. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying Mythic Quest, and I, my sister-in-law, shout out to Elizabeth if you're listening, she like raked me over the coals for choosing to watch this instead of Ted Lasso, oh and I God. was like, I will get to it, okay, leave me alone. <laughs> I feel like you're like saving Ted Lasso, like, you know, like when you save the last piece of mm-hmm, something that you mm-hmm. really love mm-hmm. on your dinner plate, mm-hmm. just so you can mm-hmm. savor it. One yeah. final French fry. And I wait till maybe like summer break or a time where I can just really enjoy it and not be so distracted by things I think I mean this it's through the second season now so it could be by the time you're ready to watch it all the episodes will be up there you go exactly yeah and then other than that I'm I'm preemptively popping (laughs) law and order because it comes back this week what if it sucks it's not going to (laughs) I mean by this point in year 23 you know what you're gonna get with law and order just starts sucking (laughs) out of nowhere There'll be different kinds of sucking. You're sitting way too close to Shauna right I now. I know. Yeah. I'm rubbing off on her. What's going wow. on? Uh, yeah, I'm ex- <laughs> let's hope so. Let's pray to the law and order gods that that is true. But yeah, it's uh it's exciting. Two hour premiere. Uh, this week of SVU and then one hour of organized crime. And then the next week it's going to reverse and be a two-hour organized crime and one hour SVU. So looking forward to that. So happy that Law & Order is back. And uh, I apologize for the person that I'm going to become for the next several months. <laughs> Hi, I'm Haley the Brave, teacher and mom by day, cosplayer and pop culture junkie by, well, also by day. I'm obsessed with all things fandom and I love to talk about it. So join me and some of my friends as we geek out about TV, movies, music, and all the awesome things that make life worth living. Listen to my podcast, 30 Nerdy and Thriving, available now on all major streaming platforms. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show, y'all. Let's get straight to the news. What went down this week, you guys? Busy week news-wise, I think. Was it? A little bit. I mean, we had the Emmys, which oh, yeah, kind that's of a, a big deal for exists. people who care. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because we care. Participated in this? You're interested? I was yeah, there. I, I was won there. an award. Yeah. Ooh. I can't believe you didn't watch. For this show. You were there? You didn't get the invite? <laughs> oh, oh, God. We all look gosh, incredible. Haley and I are Was it one of those girls' trips you guys were trying to Oh, no. I meant to forward that to you. You know, okay, here's the thing. I'm not big into award shows because I don't love celebrities just like patting each other on the back and be like, oh, cheerio, good for you. I don't, I just don't care. But what I did love about this in particular was Conan O'Brien kind of uh, 
taken a dig at the Emmys for that exact reason. Yes. So, like, the head of the Emmys walks out on stage and uh, Conan stands up and salutes him. And then everybody <laughs> at the Emmys stands up and gives Conan, like, a standing ovation. And he's in the back of the hall going, yeah, you know, just totally cheered for this guy. And it was funny because someone on Twitter, everyone was like, why does Conan just, like, give zero Fs tonight? And someone unearthed this joke from Andy Richter, this like tweet from a few years ago where he's like, if I'm ever invited to the Emmys, I'm going to do that. He's like, I'm just going to like stand up and scream and yell and be like super obnoxious. And so a lot of people thought that that's why Conan was Oh my God. I love that. And you know what? He doesn't have a show right now, right? Like, Mm -mm. come on, do what you want, man. If you got the like power and the privilege to be invited to the Emmys and you don't give a single F. Yeah. When Stephen Colbert won uh, <laughs> and and went up, uh, Colbert turns around and he, he goes to his like whole, you know, team and he's all, come on, you guys, let's go up on the stage. And Conan stands up and he's all, yeah, we did it. And he comes and gives him a big hug and he picks him up on the stage and he just stands behind him cheering. And um, A.D. Bryant from SNL is the one who presented and she just like lost it. She's oh, like crying, amazing. laughing so hard. So that was my favorite part of the Emmys that had nothing to do with the actual awards was just Conan being Conan. My favorite part of the Emmys also had nothing to do with the awards, and it was Seth Rogen. So he gets up to present an award, um, I guess, Best Supporting Actress or something. And he literally just goes, they s- I'm, I'm going to do a Seth Rogen voice. <laughs> they said this would be outdoors. It's not. <laughs> that was terrible. That was kind of like Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs> they say it, it will be outdoors. Hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> There was still a pandemic, eh, boo-boo? So he basically was like, they said this was going to be outdoors. It's not. They lied to us. We're in a hermetically sealed tent right now. I would not have come to this. (laughs) (laughs) He said, there are way too many of us in this little room. Um, It's more important that we have three chandeliers than that we make sure we don't kill Eugene Levy tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, basically called out the Emmys. Like, why the hell are we here? Y'all remember that COVID thing where lots of people are dying? Still a thing. And I, I've been reading that the, the Emmys were not the Emmys. I'm like sure, the, yeah. The, the symbolic Emmys. entity that is the Emmys. The watchers. <laughs> yeah. The watchers over the TV universe. We're not very pleased. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Shout out to Seth Rogen for just being a human, being like, hey, I know we're all super rich and famous, but yeah, there's still that pandemic thing. Yeah. And why are we all here, like, yeah. sealed together? In yeah, a room? it sounds like celebrities are also sick of the Emmys. Yeah, right. Well, honestly, I, it, honestly, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I forget who says it, but someone was like, you know, because there was a record number of um, actors of color nominated yeah. this year and oh, not yes, a single right. one, mm-hmm. like one, like no actors won. And um, so, so anyway, I it's saw this quote. It's such an empty gesture. Just, oh, at least we at nominated least, y'all. Exactly. Like, no. And I saw this quote that was like, you know, the problem is, is that if, if, if we want to win and be in contention, we have to go out and create our own roles because yep. we're not going to have a part on the crown. You know what I mean? Like the yep. crown's going to go mm-hmm. clean up and there's no space for them. And so I just thought, you know, come on, Emmys, like do better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Michaela Cole, shout out to her for being the first black woman ever to win an Emmy for writing. What? Awesome. Yep, yeah, oh, so whatever. congratulations to her. Sheesh, Louise. Um, yeah, she, so if you don't know Michaela Cole, she uh, wrote I May Destroy You, uh, which uh, is the story of a woman who remembers her rape. Um, and I think it's kind of based on her experience. Yeah. And in her acceptance speech, 
she was dedicating the award to victims of domestic violence. Yeah. So yeah, good for her for that. Yeah. That's awesome. I like using that platform for something, an actual important conversation beyond just look what good actors yeah, we all are. I think that was some good to come out of that. I mean, some yeah. of those yeah. those conversations. Like I know Kate Winslet in her speech and in her interview, she said, you know, it's cool that I won or whatever for mayor of Easttown, which I loved and I fully believe that she deserved. But um, she's like, but really, I, I hope that this just means that we're looking at actresses differently yeah. and, and not as just like sexual objects yeah. and, and ornaments on our screens. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's like a turn for things, but who yeah. knows? Yeah. I feel like we, you know, like that's what, I feel like if there's an award show, it should be celebrating that. Like this is, you know, life as we know it, what we experience uh, are the issues that we face every day. Yeah. Like, you know, just life things. Yeah. Um, other than just celebrating these celebrities. Mm-hmm. Junkies Choice Award, still greatest award show ever created. It's the only I one. I agree. It's the only one that matters. Only one that matters. <laughs> what else? What else has been going on in the news? Did you know that Billie Eilish is coming up with some shoes this month? Of course. She's like, I already pre-ordered them, baby. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. I don't like them at all. I think they're <gasps> kind of ugly because obviously her and I have completely different styles. So I will not be spending probably almost $200 it, for like, a pair of shoes I will not buy. Are they like bad guy Billie Eilish yes. looking type shoes? Okay. Yes. Oh, I got to Google these. Yeah, so there's like a lime green one. So they're Air Jordans. Um, and I forget which Air Jordans. I think... One of the Jordans was like the first Air Jordan, which is maybe the lime green. I don't know really know much about Jordans, but um, I do know that she was saying that they're a hundred percent vegan. Mm-hmm. And so you can eat them if you're a vegan. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a hundred percent vegan too, so she's like, so she can eat anything these that she wants to wear and like do now. She wants it hundred percent vegan. I was thinking, so yeah, I can eat her later. if I'm vegan. <laughs> if you she's a hundred percent Billie Eilish just because she's a vegan. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, if I eat a vegan, is it vegan? Right. <laughs> Vegans, please weigh she in. She said she was 100% vegan. <laughs> I like the lime green ones. I would totally rock those. These white uh, Yeezy looking things are horrible. Yeah, those are the other yeah, ones. Yeah, those are the ugly Ugh. ones. And the green the ones, ones I might cop, the- but like, it depends how much they are and if I have outfits to go with them. I'm not much. Of, I don't really I wear I don't wear Jordans. Air Forces though, mm-hmm. so. She's releasing them on her website. Soon, and then they're going to release them on, like, the Nike sneakers app. I'll just get the Forever 21 knockoffs. I'll just get some, like, white tennis shoes and paint them lime green. I really wanted the um, the Shang-Chi, because he wears Jordans in the movie. And so I looked him up, and they're not any special edition or anything. It's just what they decided to have him wear. And I looked him up, and it was all $200. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, um, I, I just looked it up, and these Billie Eilish shoes are $570. Oh my goodness. What the heck? F that. That's the thing, though. Like, these shoes aren't different. They're the same style. Yeah. They just Nicole, have artists. you are like, a real fan. <laughs> it's not like she's designing any new God. shoes. These already exist. She's just telling, you know, she's just putting her name on it. And yeah. there's like a, a her bullish, is that what it's called? Logo? She's putting a logo yes. on the on the tongue Too of the sneaker. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have like Billie Eilish slides. I say Billie Eilish over the top. I think that's the most like extravagant I'll get with yeah. a pair of Billie shoes. You know, though, there's Goodness. people that'll they'll get on. Oh, yeah, I don't they'll, make they'll these definitely sell imagine, out. Yeah, imagine imagine the resale price on those things. Oh, yeah, those things sure. Too, like, mm-hmm. Especially if it's through the sneakers app because you can never get those shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a pair of white tennis shoes, high tops from Forever Twenty One. 
And then I'm going to like put a little clay swoosh on the side and I'll paint them lime green and I'll give them to you for your birthday. Thank you. Yeah. And you can tell everyone. I, my friend Shauna got me the Billie Eilish shoe. She's really wealthy. Custom my birthday made. is coming up. And then there'll up, be like so. the pants chipping off of them. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't look too closely. Don't look too close. Oh, that's funny. If you haven't heard, Netflix will be streaming a quarter of its library for free in Kenya. So I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be kind of like the start of this 100% free tier in like Netflix service. Uh, part of what I read is that uh, they chose Kenya because not a lot of people have Netflix over there. So they're like, oh, let's just offer it. And, yeah. you know, then maybe they'll subscribe to see everything that we have here. Um, but I'm wondering if like that's something that could possibly happen globally. So you said it's a quarter of uh, maybe it's shows that have already been released in their entirety and people get to stream. I'm sure it's not new content or, right? or like old original Netflix. Exactly. Content, right? mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if the, all those details were released, but I, I read that about a fourth of their library hmm. will be available for free. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I saw something that Netflix was thinking about doing. Uh, gaming, entering the gaming world, and it would be like a gaming service, but then it came out that it's it's not. It's going to be like a its own thing, like its own website or something like that, and they're going to offer some gaming stuff through there. But I, for a moment, I got really excited because they were yeah. like, Netflix to offer free gaming service. And I'm not much of a gamer, but if you're going to give me games for free, <laughs> then I'll be developing them. their own Maybe. Game? Yeah. Who knows? Netflix is, they're going to stay relevant, I think. Yeah, for a while. And I think the thing about Netflix is I feel there's more of a sense of community with Netflix. Yeah. Like you do see independent films streaming yeah. on Netflix. There's all sorts of stuff on there. Yeah. Watched a lot of Korean films on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I mean, going back to the Emmys for a second, I think Netflix was the top yeah. winner this year. I think they had like 44 freaking wins mm-hmm. for all of their shows. And it was like year. a huge drop off because after them, the next highest was HBO and it was only 19. Yeah. So the disparity between Netflix and everybody else, like they just dominated. They're making some good content. Do we know if they've been kind of like on top of these award shows, like like, like the Emmys? For the last few years, well, I, I feel mean, like that's not not been, to that extent. Uh-huh. I think that they came close a couple years ago to being at the top or what were at the top, but not forty. And I think like half of those probably came from the Crown oh, because for that sure. that like mm-hmm. oh yeah, the Crown did get a lot yeah. of nominations. So, um, but yeah, I mean. And the thing about award shows, too, is like, you know, it's all about like how much money you spend. Oh, for Um, sure. And Netflix has a lot of money, so they can spend Mm -hmm. a lot of money. Um, My favorite thing in the news or the thing that I've been the most interested in anyway are these rumors surrounding Venom. So I am not into Venom at all. I could not care less about this let there be carnage or whatever the heck the second one i'm excited i I i'm gonna see it as we discussed earlier because i have to see all of them (laughs) well this is so now i feel like i do have to see it because the venom is marvel uh sony right yes correct but but just like spider-man was sony and is now a marvel property Mm -hmm. venom was screened I want to say it was screened in Russia or like yeah. Europe or somewhere somewhere far away. And uh, Tom Hardy even said he like had got up and he was like, if any, you know, any of you guys are not going to, you're not going to record anything. Like we're not going to have any leaks. Everything's going to be good. And so, of course, someone records it and leaks it. But uh, <laughs> there's a post credit leak and it's only the audio. But you hear and if you guys don't want to hear this leak, like whatever. I'm ready. My pause. body's ready. Okay. So the leak is J. Jonah Jameson yep. saying Peter Parker is Spider-Man. 
and Venom saying he looks tasty. Uh, and so it, it it's essentially meant to imply that Venom is working his way into this universe. And we know that that's how the last Spider-Man movie ended was with that reveal, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so in same week, Tom Hardy is in a picture and he's got a Spider-Man no way home hat. And so people yeah. are like, it's a production hat. It's it's the oh, hat that sure. they got on the movie. Oh, so you think Tom Hardy is going to be in No Way Home? So, Pete, remember we had talked about the six villains? The, yeah, the Sinister Six. <gasps> oh, Venom shoot. could be one of them. That would be sick. Yeah. God, as if I could possibly be more excited for No Way Home. Like, honestly, I want everyone and their mom to be. I want <laughs> every Uncle Ben to be in this movie. I want. Venom's coming out pretty soon, right? Sometime mid-October. Yeah. 15th, I think. Yeah. I, and then No Way Home comes December? Yes. Yes, it is before the end of the year. You know, I liked the first Venom movie more than I thought I would. Um, I went into it knowing this is not the MCU, but I know who, I like Tom Hardy as an actor. I know who Venom is as a character, and I ended up liking it more than I thought I would. So I'm going to see the second one. My expectations are pretty average, as they are with all these, like, Sony movies. I mean, nothing can be worse than the Topher Grace version of Venom oh from Spider-Man 3. I had such a crush on Topher Grace going into that, too. It just I will never forget, for like, the horrible, um, like, dentures they gave him, yes, and he, he couldn't even talk. Yeah, he I was mad. I'm like... He was saying. Like, they stopped that 70s show because of you, because you decided to do this. Yep. And they couldn't even, like, spring to get you better teeth. Where are you now, Topher Grace? Come into the show and explain those teeth to us, man. <laughs> I, I might reignite my crush on you. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. So I, I think this is going to be enough. If this turns out to be true, this will this will push me to watch the Venom movies. Yes. Yeah. And I have to. I don't have a choice. You have to. Yeah. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's definitely watchable. Yeah, it's. Did you see the first one? I did not. Be Give it a whirl. Okay. Give it. A I whirl. do like Tom Hardy. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? I'm right. Red blooded female. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I'll check it out. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Right. So I think that about wraps it up for the week. Why don't we just end it out and give out our social handle so everyone can go and follow us. You can find me, Shauna, at Shauna Trinidad, S-H-A-U-N-A-T-R-I-N-I-D-A-D, -I -I -D, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Alex, and you can find me at A-L-C-A-S-N-U-N on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, Haley, on Twitter at 30NerdyPod and on Instagram at 30NerdyThriving. And then I'm Nicole, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Nicole underscore Eldridge, and on Twitter at N-A-Eldridge14. You can find the Pop Culture Junkie podcast at www.popculturejunkie.com where you could find all the pop culture news, reviews, and buy our merch. You can join the Pop Culture Junkie support group on Facebook. You could follow us on Twitter at popjunkies and on Instagram at pop.culturejunkies. And be sure to come check us out as we broadcast live from the Be My Secret Cars and Anime Con on October 9th at the Rawhide Event Center in Chandler, Arizona. And be sure to come back next week for another hit of pop culture. Pop Culture Junkie is a production of Pop Culture Entertainment Group. All rights reserved. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.